We ought to be people who treasure right, the people that we interact with, right? And, and, and that's a process, right? It's not like you just kind of think that and it's all there or you snap your fingers or you say one prayer and it's all there. It, it, it's, it's partly, um, in a big way, a, a journey that, that you and I have to go on with God that we begin to embody His heart, right? His heartbeat. And we begin to see people like, like He sees them. Steve Saccone is the author of a brand new book called Talking About God, Honest Conversations About Spirituality. My conversation with Steve, it was so obvious that he has such a respect for all people, regardless of their belief, regardless of where they're from. And this book is a series of conversations with people who are spiritually curious, where he listens where he builds relationship and where eventually they talk about God and it's beautiful. So enjoy this conversation and then go out and get Steve's book, Talking About God, Honest Conversation About Spirituality. Enjoy. Well, hey friends, I'm here with Steve Saccone. Hi, Steve. Hey, Steve. How you doing? Good name? No, it's a great, I mean, it's a fantastic name. Although I was just talking to my son, Isaac, and he was like, Dad, I don't I don't know any Steves, you know, like none of his buddies are named Steve. I think Steve is like the new Harold. I mean, it's it's just it's 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 disappearing, Steve. I mean, it's it's a it's a tragedy because it's a great name. <laughs> hey, I've been in some environments where there's like five Steves and it gets quite annoying really quick when people start yelling Steve. Well, that's true. In fact, my one of my sister one of my wife's sisters just married another Steve, so now there's one in the family, but hey. I hope it goes more the direction you're saying. <laughs> Never know. Uh, well, Steve, you're, you wrote this fantastic book talking about God, honest conversations about spirituality, and it's really uh, a series of um, conversations that you and your wife have with these folks that are um, spiritually curious, that are all over the map spiritually. And I loved, first of all, I loved um, the way in which you talked about conversations especially spiritual ones can either be about protecting your 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 own territory or dominating the others and so just right from the very beginning you write about what that that you didn't want to do either one of those uh with this book or with these conversations can you talk a little bit more we're just going to dive right in can can you talk a little bit about more a little more about what it means for you to come in peace and to create a space where it's not about dominating or protecting yeah, I think that many times in life, more often than not, we, we enter conversations of, of various kinds and we have we have an agenda, you know, and um, I, I don't think it's inherently bad that we have an agenda, but where I think it goes off course is we get so kind of rigidly focused on our agenda, right? Perhaps even wanting to control um, a situation, an environment, a person even. And so... Um, we get defensive quickly, right? That's about the protecting part, and and we um, and we push so hard sometimes, right? That's more of the dominating part. So, with this book, it's it's a narrative style book about conversations that my wife Sherry and I have had with these people over the years. That um, that we've had many bad conversations. We've we've said you know the wrong things in different moments. We, we've we've been guilty of what you were just saying and asking about. Um, but there's also been moments of success where we have sought to come in peace. And what I mean by that is 
Um, you approach a conversation and a relationship really with a first listening ear, a first other-centered orientation, right? So you're coming in, I'm trying to get to know this person. I want to hear their perspective. I want to seek to understand them. And you go in asking questions and caring about them, not just your agenda. And so that's really the core of it. And that's so delicious. I mean, for me, uh, I, I think like you, I come from an evangelical background where I think it was always, I just got, and I've worked in the church for so long that, you know, sort of the training was that even if you don't say it's your agenda, you have an agenda. And that agenda is to get that person to think exactly the way you do and to change their theology. And, and, if, and if they do, it's a huge win. Um, and I've just gotten so tired of that um, colonialist mindset. And that's what I loved about your book, Steve, is that it really isn't that. Uh, so can you talk a little bit about that dynamic? Like, like how do you know when even even in your own spirit, you're treating someone like a project uh, versus like building a friendship. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll I'll answer that from sort of the opposite way. Like when I've been in moments and the person on the other side of the conversation, so to speak, has been the one that's been present with me, that's asked me questions where they have genuine curiosity, where they extend um, the spirit of they, they care about me as a person. I mean, pretty much in every case like that, I go through a number of people in my life I've encountered in that way, and I feel drawn in. I feel like trust is being built. I feel like, you know, over maybe several minutes span, but I start to feel like, you know, sounds simple, but I like this person, you know, want to share. I want to share something together, right? And and I think true friendship is rooted in trust and authenticity. You know, and and this really impacted me. Um, a number of years ago, I did a study on Jesus's uh, interactions with others, essentially. And a few things I discovered. One is that Jesus asked more than three hundred questions in the Gospels. Right, he's a son of God. Right, he doesn't. He's not seeking information. <laughs> he has information. He's doing something else. In Matthew's Gospel, he asks eighty-seven questions. In Luke's Gospel, he asks one hundred and twenty-nine questions. Then when you look at all four Gospels, when he gets asked at least 183 questions, like they're asking him those questions, he responds with 307 questions. <laughs> right? And it's crazy, right, when you think about it. I don't, think, I don't think Christians, at least the average Christian, thinks about Jesus in that way. And we certainly don't think about you know, talking about God in that way. We come at it primarily about our agenda or pushing it. And I'm, I'm a... Um, as core to who I am as anybody, I'm a believer in sharing the gospel of Christ, both in the way that you live and, and verbally. But it's like how we go about doing that is hugely important, right? And Jesus' approach, I mean, not all those, I mean, there's all different nuances that Jesus' approach in this question asking, but I mean, he clearly saw question asking and curiosity and drawing things out of people as an important part of his ministry. And so I've tried to try to make that a part of mine too, I guess you could say. 
Yeah, I, and that that comes through so clear. And and Steve, I mean, we've we've known each other for a bunch of years, and so I, I know this about you as a person. But it was really refreshing uh, to read it again. And uh, the book is written really in a very narrative way. I mean, it almost reads like a novel because there's dialogue and there's back and forth, and it's really really e- it's a really easy read. But there's also there's just such an obvious love and dignity given uh, to the people that you're talking to, and and it's it's it comes through so clearly that you are friends, you know <laughs> that there's a deep friendship with these people. Um, and you wrote a little bit about so you and your wife Sherry, um, it, so some values emerged, uh, and for you when you said, so I'm going to read a couple of them and I want you to riff on them, but uh, you write, when we say that we come in peace, we number one, recognize that life is a journey and we are fellow pilgrims on this journey. And can you riff on that one? Because that, I, when I read that, I realized that was a core, that, that that's one of the deep values for me, that life is a journey and that we're, we're all pilgrims. Um, you know, I think about the quote, whoever it was that said, at the end of the day, we're all just trying to walk each other home. Uh, riff on that value of being on a journey. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I believe that more at uh, 39 years old, I am today, um, now more than ever, right? That, that we're on this journey. We're on our own journey in one sense, but we're on this journey that's connected to others in humanity. Christian, non-Christian, other religion, atheist, agnostic, I mean, you know, pick a thing. And we're, we're on this journey traveling together. And, um, and the way we relate to one another ought to be with that in mind. Right. So like, I personally believe that we, you know, God brings people into your life and God uses people both in my life. And, you know, I hope and pray uses me in other people's lives. We're instrumental, you know, sometimes in people's lives, but we're also not determinative, I believe. Right. So yeah, yes, yes, yes. So I think approaching it in that way and saying, I want, you know, kind of postured with your hands out, God, I want you to use me in someone's life. I'm going to engage this relationship in peace, right? I'm going to engage however you sort of open up the door of opportunity um, to, to, for me to contribute to their journey and them to contribute to mine. And, and he, I think a core thing of, to the question you're asking too is dialogue, not monologue. Yeah. Right. And too often we want to be in a mile. We want to tell people what we're thinking, how they should think, what we need to teach them. There's a time and space for some of that, but it's not a monologue. And in the same way, God and us is a dialogue, not a monologue, tended to be at least, you know, me to another person ought to be a dialogue, right? Where you're showing the other person dignity, where you're engaging in their journey, you're inviting them to engage on your journey and you're journeying together. Right. I think that's such an important part of being human. Yes, and I love the word pilgrim too, because that implies this pilgrimage that we're on a journey and we're going somewhere. It's not this aimless wandering, although it feels like that sometimes. Um, but the, but but we are all seeking something, and um, and I think that something for all of us is is really God, and and we don't necessarily know it all the time. But um, another thing that you write just really early on. Uh, that I love is formulas can often be helpful in life, but the good news was never intended to be shared in a formulaic way. And I love that because that requires uh, 
imagination. It requires curiosity. It requires being in the moment and being with the person rather than with your formula, right? So I'm wondering if you could if you could think of a story that, um, you know, where you maybe had to get curious about how is it that I'm going to sort of talk about this good news in a way that felt um, like you had to get creative and get imaginative, maybe a story even from the book. Yeah. So what comes to mind initially is, you know, the, the best artists or dancers in the world I actually do think there's a formula sort of behind the scenes if you will but when they dance or when they perform whatever art they're not telling you the formula or breaking it down in a formulaic way right i think great athletes right i'm a big sports fan there's a formula that tom brady like him or hate him and there's a formula he has right to that, that leads him to success right and some people want to know what that formula is but but he plays the game, right? And there's and there's all kinds of nuances that go into that. When it comes to the gospel and and being an ambassador for Christ, so to speak, right? Um, is there a you know we I think we take our our the the dance, the playing, the sport, the art is the relational uh, way that we interact with someone, right? In, in a sense. And so, you know, from the book, I have a friend Yash in the book that I write a couple chapters about he is a hindu or you know former hindu really but he hindu background and and um and you know people want to know okay hindus believe in many gods right so how does that work with you know hindu making you know thinking oh well christianity is exclusive you know and there was such a you have to be, read about the details but there was such a dance that had to happen with that you know and and i through the whole friendship that we had I never sat with him and said, you need to choose to make Jesus your one and only God and, you know, do away with Brahman and, you know, all the other gods, right? I, mean, I never said that, but I journeyed with him as fellow pilgrim, right? We had all kinds of conversations. We talked about Jesus, right, in, in the midst of that. And, um, and the work of God's Spirit led him to choosing Jesus ultimately. I'm, I'm spoiler alert, sorry. <laughs> um, but, uh, but, but he led them down this conversation. You know, and, and, and my role was just to come alongside him, pay attention to what God was doing, ask questions about it, be intentional, but the journey with him was the key. Right. And so um, how I go about, right, do, do I want him to know the gospel? Do I want him to follow Jesus? Absolutely. Right. But the Bible doesn't say do it, you know, this way, X, Y and Z. Right. And I think we just kind of short circuit all the relational nuances that are needed. And, and that's really what the book is trying to get at. It's trying to show you firsthand how, how these conversations went down, right? Because I'm, I'm rarely ever in a conversation where it's just like I share one, two, three things in a formulaic way, and this person, you know, makes a decision in that moment. I mean, it can happen, but it's not how my gospel sharing, living out faith uh, tends to go. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, I like how you said that about, uh, you know, it's not a formula, but there are some sort of practices that maybe, um, and again, I'm using the Tom Brady who will play quarterback until he's 55 at least, for sure. Uh, <laughs> he'll be the first quarterback to play for four decades. Um, but but there are some practices that that you sort of can commit to or, or values maybe. Um, and so I want to get to another one of these core values um, that you, you have alluded to, but I want you to riff a little more on it. 
And it's that you're aware that all people who God puts in our path are special and deserve to be treated with worthiness. Talk about a little more about that and how you do that, and even how you do that sometimes when it's hard. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we, Sherry and I both talk about the word dignity in the book, you know, and, and it's the idea in, in essence that you're you're showing the worthiness of another, of another, right? And, um, you know, we, we talk about love in the movement of Jesus, but I, I'm not, I'm not so convinced we always embody that as well as we, we probably ought to, myself included, you know? And, um, and, and so our approach in relationships, when we come into a, a friendship, really with anybody, um, God's heart for that person, I believe ought, ought to, ought to be what our heart becomes too. And that's that they are of utter importance to God. They are God's treasure, no matter what they believe, no matter what they've done, no matter where they've been, right? All of that, right? They are treasured by God. And man, we ought to be people who treasure, right? The people that we interact with, right? And, and, and that's a process, right? It's not like you just kind of think that and it's all there or you snap your fingers or you say one prayer and it's all there. It, it, it's, it's partly... Um, in a big way, a, a journey that, that you and I have to go on with God, that we begin to embody his heart, right? His heartbeat. And we begin to see people like, like he sees them. And, um, and that's a huge part of it. And I, and I think, what does that look like in sort of real time? I, I love this quote. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to paraphrase it a little bit. But, but there's a guy named David Augsburg, and he says, basically, the average person cannot distinguish the difference between being heard and being loved. Wow. I think this is a practical way that we show dignity to someone that, you know, like the worthiness is, is that we see them and view them with is seen. It's like when we really hear someone, when we really listen to someone, and sometimes Christians, I think, get caught up on that because they think if, if they, you know, listen and, and, and hear them and, and almost like validate and accept where that person's at and they believe different things and, you know, all that, it's like somehow going against their belief systems or the gospel. And I go, no. Like, like Jesus interacted with lots of people that didn't believe what he believed, certainly, right? Yeah. And he showed dignity, and he showed them worth, and he showed them love, and he asked them questions and listened genuinely, and he, and he was present with them. And so when we show up and pay attention, right? I mean, a lot of what, you know, you would read about in the book is, is observations even that, that we made that, that someone was going through something, and you make an observation, and you ask a question about it. That shows someone dignity because it shows them you're hearing them. You're listening to them. You're asking a question that kind of takes that conversation deeper. And I think that's part of what we as followers of Christ who want to share Christ with the world need to adopt more of is how do I listen well, help people feel heard, embraced, and then take that conversation deeper, right? And a lot of that happens by asking questions and probing deeper and tell me more about that, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Yeah. And it's that, that is a, that is a process, I think ascribing the worth that people already have in God's eyes. It's, it's a process to continually ascribe that worth, um, to people, I think. Um, right. So, okay. Another question would be Steve, like how, how maybe has your own relationship with God changed as a result of all of these relational conversations? Oh man, that's such a great question. So much. Um, yeah, I think of my journey again with, with this guy, Yash, who, 
I met him at a dinner party. Uh, he began to come to our church because someone invited him. We began a friendship. Uh, the guy was was coming to church uh, on a bus. <laughs> it took wow. him like 45 minutes. He's a Hindu, remember? And um, and he was just curious. Initially, he told me later that he came to church the first time out of pure obligation. Right? This person yeah. had him to these dinners, and, and he came. And then she invited him to church, and he's like, oh, I can't say no. So I had to come. But then he began coming every week, you know. And um, and God kind of linked us together in a friendship. And we, um, and, and then I, you know, naturally asked him when I found out he was riding the bus, I'm like, oh man, I can pick you up. So we started riding in the car together. And in so many of those moments, right, he's so curious, he's learning, he's um, asking questions about prayer, why God answers prayer sometimes and sometimes doesn't. I mean, unbelievable questions. And it brought my faith to life. Hmm. I mean, not that it was completely dead, but. Um, but it sharpened my thinking. There were moments when he asked me questions and I did not have good answers for one. And, and more than that, there were moments that I was kind of, um, I guess pricked in a way or convicted that he had more hunger and curiosity about something than I did as a follower of Jesus, right? He's asking this and that about Jesus, about who he was and, and just wrestling with it. And so, man, that, that brought my faith to life. It, it fostered more study and learning on, on my end. And um, yeah, and I have many other examples too, but um, but yeah, I mean, so many of the conversations remind me of what God cares about most, and that's people, you know? And, and I find sometimes a, a person who's searching, a spiritual explorer, um, has more hunger for growth and learning than, than, than Christians I know that have been Christians five, 10, 15 years. And, and, uh, and that's inspiring. You know, it makes me hungry and want to learn and grow more. Yeah, it's beautiful. I mean, I feel the same way when I have those kinds of conversations. Uh, it, it, it does. It sort of ignites something in you that maybe like it's only in that moment that you realize, oh, wow, that that has been asleep for a little while. And and, and now it's woken up and that feels good. Um all right. So this next question, Steve, is, is um, like at one, on one level is going to seem like the most obvious question, but I really want you to think about it. Um, I know that some of the folks that listen to this podcast certainly are not Christian. Maybe they're not um, religious in any way. And they're going to have this question for you. And it's like like, like in a real way. I, I'm, I'm just so curious. They, they, they might say about why it is that you... Um, have such a passion for, for Jesus? Like, like, like curiously, why, what, what has made you orient your life to where you want to actually talk to people about, um, about Jesus, about this, this person who is a historical figure, uh, and, um, one of the most influential human beings on the planet, um, but also someone that a lot of people have rejected for a lot of reasons. Like what, um, wh why are you this passionate about sharing this? Yeah, yeah, that's a great question. And you know, I grew up in a um, in an environment that uh, you know we, we went to church semi frequently at least. So I was exposed to Christianity and 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 church and those sorts of things, Jesus. But I didn't come anywhere close to buying into it. I mean, you know, you become a teenager and then you get to your early adulthood. And I went off to college at the University of South Carolina. I was a Gamecock. And I started asking questions inside 
um, that became very clear to me about what is my life about? What is my purpose? Where do I derive meaning? What do I really believe? Right? I mean, these kinds of questions. And I was a searcher all the way through. And, um, and I had had some of those questions, you know, sputtered throughout the years. But I suddenly there was this intensity about it because I was in this place where I was now kind of a, a an emerging adult and I was away from my parents and, um, you know, that sort of stuff. And, and I had a lot of things going right in my life, yet I felt uh, this emptiness inside. And so I was, I was asking a lot. So I'm my personality, I kind of like am enthusiastic about something at first. But then I get skeptical later. Maybe that's a weird way to process. No, no, I get it. I get it. And so I was exposed to Christianity earlier on, and 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 then in college, and um, I, I kind of like started moving toward Jesus, right? It, but I've had but I've had questions, you know, post that, and I've studied other, I've looked at other religions even, and asked a lot of bigger questions, had doubts, had you know all those kind of things have happened to me. So it's kind of a long route to get to your question, but but I've gone through this process. And for me, what it comes back to are two main things. One is that I have had undeniable encounters with God that 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 are unexplainable to me, where I, I um, has sent, have sensed Jesus's presence, and that and that that might sound weird to some, um, but um, but that's been part of my experience, where I have just felt um, God is real. I, I mean, my nine-year-old son is asking me, "How do I know that God is real?" Right? It's great questions, and I fostered that and I fuel that, and I. You know, and um, and one guy told him, uh, told him about the wind, right? You see the effects of the wind, but even though you can't see the wind, you know, and that seemed to resonate with him. But I, but again, I think we're all on this journey of discovery. The second thing I would say is there's been true what I would call transformation and life change, that emptiness that I felt, right? There, there's this sense of peace. There's this sense of so. So I guess what I'm saying in that is is my like to your question. It's like so much of my own journey of why. I, and passionate about Jesus is because uh, personal experience. Yeah, um, it, it's been supported by things that I've studied and learned along the way, and knowledge I've gained, and reading the Bible, which I still have questions about all kinds of places. Um, but I don't think I don't think I don't think almost maybe some people, but I don't think most people get all their big questions answered ultimately. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're on this journey. Are there things that are concrete and and can be answered? Yes, but. Um, I don't think we get it all resolved. So I'm still on a journey too, but um, but I feel that that you know because all the um, experience I've had with God and the knowledge I've gained about God and Jesus and been following Him and it's changed me. Um, it's sort of the testimony of my life. And then Jesus says, "Hey, go tell others." He calls it the good news, right? That 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 you can um, find peace and you can find fulfillment and purpose and meaning and those kind of things in him. And I have found that. Yeah. So sorry, that was a long answer, but that, that's sort of different dimensions of my life. No, that was exactly what I was going for. Because I mean, I think, um, uh, honestly, we, we don't often ask that question of people who have really been changed by Jesus. Uh, I think there's an assumption, there's just a lot of assumptions there. So I think for people that, that don't, uh, that aren't Christians that don't don't believe in Jesus. I mean, I think just like you've probably found in all of your conversations, there's a genuine curiosity I've found uh, in people who just want to hear that kind of answer. Like, just strip away the religious language and strip away the weird dogma and the have tos, and just 
you know, clearly, I mean, you're writing a book about it. You're, you're orienting your life around a person. And I think people are really genuinely curious about why, why that is. And so I loved, I loved your answers. Um, and I think we have to go there. Um, so, cause I just, again, my own bent, I, I mean, I am not like, unlike you, Steve, even though I'm a pastor and I love talking to people about spirituality, I have such a fear, I think, of coming across as the person that's trying to get you to believe exactly like I do, that I, I almost never like push the conversation, you know, to Jesus because I feel like, oh, now we're getting really specific um, and I don't want to necessarily assume things. Uh, so I think for even for me, it's really helpful to hear um, that definition of of why from you. It's good. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. Um, okay, man. Last question. You guys have one one more question? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Okay, man. So you wrote this book with your wife Sherry, and I cannot imagine. I love my wife. She's amazing. She is brilliant and beautiful. And yet I can't imagine trying to write a book <laughs> with her and also maintain a marriage and parenting. So um, this really has nothing to do with your book. But but like I'm just very curious. What was it like to write a book with your wife? Oh, it has everything to do with my book. <laughs> ah, yes, yes. Um, oh, you know what? It was It was – I genuinely can say it was great. I mean Sherry – as you feel about your wife, I feel about mine, you know, and for us, um, I selfishly feel like she always makes my stuff better. I don't know if she would say the same. <laughs> she might say it, but I don't know if she'd believe it really deep down. Um, but she's such a great thinker, insightful, analytical. Um, and, uh, you know, so, some of it we wrote separately, right. And then kind of came together. Um, but to collaborate with her and to do it in kind of the margins of life, it, it was, it was fun. I mean, some of it was kind of, um, I guess nostalgic, you could say in a sense, because we were kind of going back through conversations we've had over the years and right. Remembering them together. Not that we were always both there together, but you know, you share life with your spouse. And so she remembers things I would come home with. I had this conversation with, you know, Jake or, you know, whoever. So yeah, it was, it was fun. And, you know, she's better at some aspects of it all. And I think I'm better at one or two maybe, yeah. uh, but, but you know, we work together basically. And, and it was good. That's good, man. Yeah. Well, I, yeah, I'm, I'm curious about that. I mean, Mary, my wife is such a great writer and she has made both of my books infinitely better. Um, yes. and I think that's why I say like actually writing a whole book would would make a vulnerable process like a hundred times more vulnerable and i just i don't know if i could like like muster up the strength daily to 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 do it so good job man um well your book is beautiful uh i really have enjoyed it it's called talking about god honest conversations about spirituality by steve and sherry saccone it's out now, so I'm going to put the link to purchasing it on my show notes, and I'll put uh, ways to connect with Steve uh, via social media and all that stuff on the show notes. Uh, Steve, is there any uh, good way for people to connect with you or find more out about your other books? Uh, I think you go to my website, stevescone.com. It's probably the simplest way. 
Um, and then you can find my social media. All my stuff's pretty much called Steve's account, so I'm not hard to find. Um, yeah. Okay. Well, I'm going to put that on the show notes as well, uh, stevesacone.com. And uh, you guys go out and get this book. It's so good. It's, it's, it's challenging. It's beautiful. It's hopeful. Uh, and it's just one of those really encouraging reads. Like, I think we live in a time right now where we need all the encouragement we can get. And so uh, talking about God, honest conversations about spirituality by Steve and Sherry Saccone. Uh Thanks so much for being on, Steve. I really, man, I appreciate it. appreciate your friendship. Sure. Thank you, Steve. All right. Peace, everybody. Hey, we're human and holy. We're dust and breath. We're limited and limitless, and we are in it together. Thanks so much for listening. You can follow me on Facebook at Steve Weens Author, Twitter at Steve Weens, and Instagram at Steve Weens. And you can find all my work, all my books, the show notes, all kinds of other fun stuff on my website, steveweens.com. And please consider supporting me on Patreon. Lots of fun benefits for all levels of patrons. Check it out at patreon.com slash thisgoodword. Suburban